Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. When you come right down to it, who has deceived you as often as yourself? It's so simple to do. You give yourself no argument. You are what you say you are. Whatever you wish, you can believe, whether it's inconsistent with reality or not. Self-deception is only between you and your conscience. Ah, but supposing you don't have a conscience... John, since I know you think the painting is valuable, I guess it's a fairly safe investment for me to make. Believe me, Jeff, that picture is not worth $1,500. It's not worth 15 cents. I lied about it. You what? But but they trusted you. You, John Rose, the curator of painting, say it's worth $1,500, and now you say it isn't? What's going on? Gilbert Stewart, based on a story by Edith Horton, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate Jr. and stars Gordon Gould. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Hi, this is Gregory Harrison, Dr. Gonzo Gates on Trapper John, M.D. Meet the rounds with me on CBS Sunday night. We'll stop by and see Alice and the gang at Mel's Diner. But let me give you a free word of medical advice. Don't eat the chili. Next, we'll look in on the Jefferson for the laugh to catch. Then it's Trapper John, M.D. starring Fernell Roberts and me. It's all on CBS television Sunday night starting at 9, 8 Central and 9. It'll make you feel good. Anything else, Bill? Got something for hemorrhoid symptoms, Mr. Baxter? Pain, itch? Try this. Preparation H. In many cases, Preparation H gives prompt, temporary relief of occasional pain and itching of hemorrhoidal tissues. Great. Actually helps shrink swelling of tissues caused by inflammation. I'll try it. Hi, Bill. How are you today? Fine. Thanks to your good advice. Doctor-tested Preparation H helps shrink hemorrhoidal swelling as it relieves pain and itch. Use only as directed. Does the name Mrs. Henry Fontaine mean anything to you? 
Philippe Fontaine? Yes. Old Grace and her human sister. Didn't she die a couple of years ago, right after her husband did? No, she didn't. She just disappeared from society. Cecily Fontaine is as alive as you or I. She lives all by herself on River Street, and that's where we're going. River Street? What happened to the Lakeside Manor? Her brother, Grayson, thinking Henry Fontaine was well fixed, didn't leave Cecily any money. And Henry lost all his in the crash. So the dear lady has been living at a cheaper address all these years. <laughs> it's pathetic. And now she wants to sell some valuable American decorative art. Or a Winslow Homer, or a Paul Revere teapot, or a Benjamin West etching. Am I close? Oh, you're horrible. Why are you so negative? Because I've gone through all this with you, Eleanor, many times. Frankly, if it wasn't for the fact that you and Jeff are engaged, I wouldn't even be polite. Oh, you'll see. Eleanor, I'm warning you. I can give you one half hour on this wild goose chase, and that's all. <laughs> just for that, I'm not going to tell you what it is I found. You'll just have to wait until we get to Mrs. Fontaine. Mrs. Henry Fontaine lives in that house. It's enough to make you cry when you think for years she was the leader of Terhoon society. Her husband left her nothing? Nothing but what you're going to see upstairs. So shabby. The end of an era. All right. Let's get it over with. <laughs> Maybe I should tell you what you're about to see. It'll put you in a better frame of mind. Cousin John, it's a Gilbert Stewart. A portrait of George Washington as a young man. Now, what do you think of that? As a young man? And the reason I think it might be for sale is that Mrs. Fontaine told me, in confidence, she may have to leave this rundown place this month. Of course, no one wants to take advantage, but what can you do? I'll lead the way. She's expecting us. Mr. Rose, there it is. Gilbert Stewart. What did I tell you? Isn't it an exquisite work? Oh, uh, I, I wouldn't use the word exquisite in describing this school of painting, Eleanor. It's a fantastic likeness of George Washington. I've never heard of Gilbert Stewart painting Washington as a young man. It's always a privilege to be in the presence of great masters. What do you think, John? Oh, Mrs. Fontaine, it... It is quite, uh, extraordinary. Well, now, you keep studying that portrait, Mr. Rose, and I shall make us all some tea. I shan't be long. I, I really must be going, Mrs. Fontaine. Our committee is away, and I've twice as much paperwork as usual. No, no, I'm serious. Eleanor, I can't stay. You said a half an hour. I think you can buy it. Poor thing. She's very proud and wouldn't admit it. But she's down to practically nothing. I mean, look at this place. It's shameful. I've seen the painting now. It's a fine painting of its period, certainly American. Now, what else do you want me to do? I told you, buy it for the museum. It's a Gilbert Stewart. So she says, but it's not signed. It's quite possibly the work of another artist of the period. It might be the real thing, but who knows? You're supposed to know, John. You think it's a forgery? Of course not. It's unsigned, but it is obviously an original painting. But how could I know whose work was being forged? Well, many painters never sign their work. True, but not Stuart. Eleanor, look, I appreciate the trouble you went to, but I don't have the time to stay. Now, would you apologize to Mrs. Fontaine and tell her... Uh, Here we are. The kettle is still boiling, but I thought I'd bring in the cups and sauces. Oh, I see you're still gazing at my masterpiece, Mr. Rose. Uh, my cousin was saying it's uh, too bad the painting's not signed. That's perfectly true. If it had been, I don't think my husband could have afforded it even then. Oh, today it should be worth a million. Well... Uh, perhaps not a million. Did I tell you it's provenance, Mr. Rose? I was just saying to Eleanor, my time is limited, so if you will forgive me, I must go. 
I'll make it a point of coming back some other time. Oh, you're not leaving before we've had tea. I have to. My committee's away. I wish I didn't have to, but I must. Well, I realize how busy the curator of our splendid museum must be. But before you go, uh, could you, uh, could you give me... I, I don't know how to put this. Uh, Mrs. Fontaine, would you like John to give you an idea as to the painting's value? Value? Oh, no, no one could know its value quite as well as I who live with it. Of course. I agree. But it might be interesting to hear uh, as a mere matter of curiosity. Now, what estimate would you put on it? John, what would you say this Gilbert Stewart is worth? Uh, a rough estimate. Well, the picture would, of course, be worth much more if it were signed. Oh, I think we can agree to that. Museums are reluctant to purchase the unsigned. But just as a matter of interest, what are... Uh, in value would I place upon it? <laughs> well, as it is, a conservative estimate of uh, um, somewhere in the neighborhood, um, give or take, um, I would say $1,500. I could never, under any circumstances, consider even for a moment the possibility of parting with the painting at such a price. I can understand. Fifteen hundred dollars. My husband, Henry, purchased this Gilbert Stewart for me when we were on our honeymoon. What makes it so priceless to me personally is that Henry himself looked exactly like George Washington as a young man. Okay, the committee. And there, all the way, 
frankly, Jeff, darling, I don't think Mrs. Fontaine can wait. Mrs. Henry Fontaine? That's the one. She's low on funds? Needs the money? And I know John will buy it ultimately. It's such a bargain. But I'm afraid it will be too late. I want to help her. I don't know where to turn. Well, uh, Eleanor, but could I see it? You? But you were never interested in painting. <laughs> That's not so. Uh, I've always loved fine things. Uh, when we're married, I intend to raise the orchids. I mean, there's money in that. That's going to be your career, Jeff? Raising orchids? Oh, could be. I just bought a book on it. I thought you'd be pleased. Jeff, did it sink in what I said about poor Cecily Fontaine? Yes, it did. And I said I wanted to see her Gilbert Stewart. I, I have an idea. You have? Oh, Jeff. Well, maybe I can help everyone. You'd like that, wouldn't you, Eleanor? Come in. Good afternoon, John. Have you got a moment? Now, come in, Jeff. Why not? I'm surprised to see you. Museums aren't exactly your beat. John, I want to talk to you about Mrs. Fontaine's Gilbert Stewart. What did you say? Uh, Mrs. Fontaine's Gilbert Stewart. It's a remarkable painting, isn't it? You've seen it? Well, Eleanor was nice enough to get Mrs. Fontaine's permission, and we went to her. The whole story of how she got it so great, don't you think so? Uh-huh. I mean, her husband buying it as a wedding present on their honeymoon. Uh, I mean, it breaks your heart that she has to get rid of it. Especially since Henry Fontaine himself, when he was alive, looked just like George Washington as a young man. So she told me, Jeff, yes. Of course, she can't remember exactly where old Henry bought it, but I shouldn't think it matters much. I mean, it's still pretty valuable. Yes, she thinks so. Well, that's why I sort of want to consult with you, John. I mean, Eleanor says you valued it at $1,500. I did say that. Roughly speaking. Well, now, I know that that's a low valuation based on the fact that the painting isn't signed. But the thing is, John, if the painting's really good, I know one shouldn't take advantage of it. I mean, it's obvious Mrs. Fontaine is in a tight spot, needs the money, and I, I wouldn't want for a minute to do that. My dear brother Jefferson, could you put that into a simple declarative sentence? Well, I was thinking of buying the painting myself. Well, that's why I came to see you, John. Authenticity of paintings and their value is a problem that has plagued the art world for centuries. But isn't the heart of it simply honesty's perpetual battle against dishonesty? For some strange reason, a lot of people don't agree with old Ben Franklin's adage that honesty is the best policy. On the other hand, if everyone were on the up and up, what stories would we have to tell you on Mystery Theater? I'll return shortly with Act Two. If you were one of the millions of readers who fell in love with Evergreen, you've been waiting for a wonderful new family saga like The Four Winds of Heaven. St. Petersburg, capital of the Russian Empire, 1910. A fairy tale world of palaces and grand balls for the de Gunsberg, the foremost Jewish family in Russia, proudly pinning their hopes and dreams on their radiant young daughter. Excuse me, my friend. A man might commit murder for a beautiful woman. He would give you right. Sonia, the next Lola Falana. You know, the federal minimum wage is $3.10 an 
hour for most workers. That's right, three dollars and ten cents an hour. If you're not being paid the three ten and you think you should be, call the nearest wage in our office today. Exclusivity? You 
don't turn it down. I'll get it. At least they haven't taken the phone out. Hello? I can't say I'm surprised. 
because my brother Grayson, who endowed the museum, always said he'd have only the best people running the place. I don't know about that. Well, it, it's a strange thing about life, Mr. Rose. Of course, you were too young to know. The unexpected inevitably happens. Mrs. Fontaine, I hope this time the unexpected is rewarding. I have a check here made out to you, Mrs. Henry Fontaine, for $1,500. Please accept it. Oh, I'm being so foolish. You must think I'm just a silly old woman. Mr. Rose, I'm ashamed to say I have given up hope. Almost everything that had meaning for me, beautiful little things that Henry and I had collected over the years together one by one, I, I had to sell them. Mrs. Fontaine, I've had a cab waiting for me since I started looking for you. And that meter is still running. Oh, dear. I, I really must pick up the painting and get back to the museum. Oh, of course. Well, we'll go straight back to my new place and fetch it. Nothing's unpacked yet. It's all standing in the hallway. Do you know what I think? I think I shall move back to Mrs. Neary's. Oh, Mr. Rose, um, would it be an imposition seeing you have a taxi waiting for you if I asked you to give me a lift? Here we are. I didn't lock the front door. Oh, wasn't that reckless of me? Where's the painting? You brought it right here? Yes. I, I thought I leaned it in, in front of this suitcase. I, I, I'm sure I took it inside. There's a big pile of clothes here on top of this box. Maybe it's under that. No. No, I, I put it right here where I am standing up against that big brown case. I am positive. No, don't excite yourself. It couldn't have walked off by itself. We'll look everywhere in the hall. I don't have to look. I know it's not here. I know it. Don't think I'm imagining things, but you see... Henry speaks to me through that painting. When I'm near the painting, I, I feel reassured. And right now, I don't hear Henry. Hold on a second. My taxi. It's gone. The taxi you came in? Of course, that's it. I mentioned I was coming here for a painting. The driver saw me walk away with you. The door was open. He grabbed it and drove off. But what made him think it was valuable? I had Gilbert Stewart written on the paper I had wrapped it in. That's why. <laughs> Heaven spare us from an artistic thief. Well, I suppose you want me to give you back the check. No, not at all. Of course not. Unless I'm way off base. We'll be getting a call from the thief asking us to ransom the painting. <laughs> He's certainly in for a surprise. And I didn't even pay him his fare. Half a day. But it, it's dreadful. How can you laugh? You are going to be paying for my Gilbert Stewart twice. <laughs> Mrs. Fontaine, don't you believe it? What an interesting trick of fate it is that an unwanted object purchased in charity should be stolen. So often, opportunity makes a thief. This time, it would appear, the thief has done the victim a favor. I shall return shortly with Act Three. You can make light work of sweeping even heavy dirt with the help of an Empire outdoor push broom from True Value Hardware Stores. Hi, Pat Summerall to tell you their heavy-duty 18-inch outdoor push broom features sturdy Palmyra bristles designed to easily sweep wet or dry leaves, metal or wood shavings, mud, rubbish, or even light snow from your patio, driveway, or other rough surface. The bristles rinse clean and dry quickly after use. The super block won't rot, warp, or crack, and the two-position handle helps provide more even bristle wear. Right now, this Empire 18-inch outdoor push broom from True Value Hardware Stores is specially priced at just $3.99. It's just part of the wide selection of quality Empire brushes and brooms you'll find available at participating True Value Hardware Stores and home centers. And save gas. You won't have to drive far for your hardware and houseware needs. If you're looking for values, service, and selection, you'll find them nearby at any one of the more than 5,000 True Value Hardware Stores and home centers nationwide. Winston Churchill, Albert Einstein, Nelson Rockefeller, Bruce Jenner, Thomas Edison, 
Leonardo da Vinci. These people, and many other brilliant, talented, creative people, overcame a form of learning disability. This is Pat Collins for the Foundation for Children with Learning Disabilities. There are over 10 million children in this country who are learning disabled, and they can be helped to overcome their learning differences. We owe it to them and to ourselves. Some of these children can be our country's future doctors, lawyers, artists, scientists, and politicians. You can help children with learning disabilities. Please send a contribution to SCLD, 99 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. That's SCLD, 99 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. Cecily Fontaine, a rather eccentric elderly lady, what she believes is an unusual Gilbert Stuart painting, portrait of George Washington as a young man, to John Rose, curator of the Terhune Museum. Not that John Rose wanted it or thought the portrait worth buying, or was distressed when it was stolen. There were other paintings he wished to acquire for the museum, but this so-called Gilbert Stuart plagued him every minute of the day.
And when I walked into the downstairs hall, there it was, just as if it had never disappeared. Oh, uh, 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 Mrs. Would you, uh, yes, I mean, hello, uh, John Rose here. Yes, Mr. Reynolds. Uh, uh, just a moment, please. Ladies, would you mind very much going outside? Eleanor, it, it's that call I told you about. I'm going to unwrap the Gilbert Stewart, Mr. Rose, for just one last look at our first president as a young man. No, no, please, Mrs. Fontaine, I have a very important call, and I, I'm not able to hear... Oh, uh, Mr. Reynolds, I'll be right with you. Mrs. Fontaine, please. Well, I know you're as anxious as I am. Mr. Reynolds, uh, would you mind repeating that? Uh, Mr. Rose, Henry will be happy here, won't he? Eleanor, if you don't take Mrs. Fontaine out of this office immediately, I'm not going to be responsible. Uh, Exactly. Well, that's all we wanted to know. 
We? The committee? Yes, we... I... Uh, the committee. You see, John, if you hadn't been certain it was a darn bad picture, our position would have been a little awkward. Our curator of paintings not being able to distinguish good from bad and uh, so on. I must be particularly obtuse today, but I can't understand what you're getting at. Oh, you will, John. I ran into your cousin Eleanor on Sunday. I shouldn't say ran into her. She came up to the house and insisted on seeing me. Mm. Seeing she located a silver chafing dish, 18th century, she thinks we ought to buy. And she told me, John, under what conditions this painting was purchased. Well, Eleanor doesn't know anything about the conditions. She wasn't there at the transaction, nor does she know my opinion of the picture. Are you quite sure she doesn't? I don't know exactly what she knows. As soon as I saw it down here at the basement Saturday, I knew that it required some explanation, this um, pseudo-steward. You might have come to me. I was home all Sunday. I was going to speak to you first thing Monday morning, but as I say, your cousin came to the house and she knew all about it. Oh? In fact, it was getting her sleep this night. I'm glad to hear that. But I slept like a baby. After all, we can't forget Mrs. Fontaine is the sister of Grayson Terhoon, who founded and endowed our museum. That her husband should have lost everything and passed away is unfortunate. However... Mr. Crozier, what are you getting at? Not so fast, John, all in good time. Uh, there's a little head of El Fiamingos I picked up in Parma that I want you to see. <laughs> Face like a McIntyre eagle. We'll go have a look at it. In the meantime, John, I've been charged by the committee to commend you for your promptness in securing the party rentals for our collection. If you hadn't been wide awake, we'd probably have lost it. Mr. Crozier, I don't see how that alters the case of my using museum funds as I did. Uh-huh. The case? I bought Mrs. Fontaine's Gilbert Stewart because I thought her situation was desperate. And I couldn't raise 1500 overnight myself. What I did was indefensible. And I assure you the money will be refunded. Well, the money's already been refunded. The fact is, the museum has sold Mrs. Fontaine's Gilbert Stewart. Sold it? To whom? Why, to the committee. As I said, how can we forget Cicely Fontaine is the sister of the man responsible for the museum being here and our being here? That she should have fallen on hard times, we can't overlook that. She's our responsibility and will continue to be so. Your cousin Eleanor tells me she was actually turned into the street the day you gave her the 1500. I acted on impulse. I wish I could have said I spent the museum's money on her because she was a terhune, but I didn't. And it's impulse that has enabled the committee, uh, a number of well-to-do gentlemen, to perform a charitable act and very small individual expense. They chipped in and they purchased the painting. At your instigation? Somebody had to do something. Like you, when there's a need, one has to act. It is very charitable. Especially from those who love art. What in heaven's name are they going to do with that fake? Just look at it. Well, and in slight recognition for securing a Bartley Reynolds at a much lower figure than we would have spent, we beg you, that uh, <coughs> is the committee begs you, to accept the gift from all of us of Mrs. Fontaine's Gilbert Stewart. We've all had a look at it, and we agree, John. The portrait of George Washington as a young man looks a great deal like you. And so, to this day, Cecily Fontaine's Gilbert Stewart hangs in the office of the curator himself. We like to think from time to time that Mrs. Fontaine stops by, looks at the painting, and perhaps murmurs something to Henry. For in addition to the funds supplied her by the committee, a word to Henry would help keep her going. I shall return shortly. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. Is there something you'd really like to have, but you think you can't afford it? Well, have you considered buying on credit? Keep in mind, though, that credit shopping is as important as shopping for the items you want. And deciding if you can afford credit should be your major consideration. Now, here are a few tips. The basis for wise credit buying is wise budget planning. It's 
important to know exactly how much you can afford to pay each month for your credit purchases and to balance that against your regular bills. Keep in mind that credit does cost money, and a good budget plan should include all your expenses for a full year. Also, some money should be budgeted for emergencies. And what's left, you see, will be the deciding factor in whether or not you can afford credit. A tip from your Better Business Bureau. before proceeding. When the curtain was about curtain was about to rise on today's Mystery Theater presentation, I steered you wrong. I said this story would be about self-deception. It wasn't. It was all about hope. Of course, we must remember that some say hope is a more gentle name for fear. Our cast included Gordon Gould, Carol Titel, Tracy Ellis, and Lloyd Batista. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. The king is not to be disturbed. Not for his son. Those are my orders. Sentry, if you wish to preserve your life, you'd better show me the way to the king's tent. I'll show you with my soul. You stupid soldier. I'm coming down from my horse. Put that sword away and take care of my horse. Water him and rub him down well. I told you the king will see no one. By Zeus, I'll find him myself. Now get out of my way. I'm Alexander, his son, you fool. If I must, I must. If there's no other way, I'll have to kill one of my father's sentries. <laughs> the other world, you stupid man. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.